Welcome to the Specify Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Tas Nakagawa of Castagra Products. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and construction industry. Today's guest is Brian Winningham. He's the owner of Field Driven Lean. So Brian, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on and talk to you. It's, it's uh, quite an honor. Yeah. I mean, uh, b- before we uh, pressed record, you were reading a report and you said the findings were terrible. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I read an article in Construction Dive, which you know I, I get a lot of those kind of ma- a lot of that kind of mail, just like everybody else in the industry does. I think it came out, oh, it's today, but Equal Employment and Opportunity Council, I think, EEOC, I think that's what that is. Uh, they came out with a report and said that construction stands out from other industries for egregious incidents of harassment. You know, we saw a lot of right after the George Floyd incidents in 2020, we saw you know, job sites being shut down because of nooses and things like that on them. And anybody that's worked in this industry for any amount of time knows that, yeah, there's there's tons of racism and things like that in our industry. That's just it drives away really good people that we really need. I saw a report that said we need sixty nine thousand workers in, in construction right now. Where are they coming from if we're running them all away by, by treating them like crap? <laughs> yeah, that's it's uh, And, you know, frankly, it ties into the bigger problem of the mental health crisis we have in construction. The statistics are just glaring and and frightening. The suicide rate for the general public in the United States is about 16 and a half people per 100,000 people. And for veterans, it's about 33.2 or something like that per 100,000 people. In the construction industry, it's 53.4 per 100,000 people. It's higher than veterans, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that, you know, and I, I think that a lot of this kind of stuff is the reason for it, you know, the bullying and the, all of the, the the culture that, you know, that we've created that we allow ourselves to have in construction all the time is is a big culprit, you know, and a lot of the reason why people start feeling hopeless in their lives and stuff too. So, yeah. What are the things people are doing to try to right the ship? I'm seeing more and more companies. I saw uh, Suffolk Construction came out and said, hey, OSHA, this is something that we need. To, you know, we just had safety week not too long ago. And they came out and said, you know, uh, mental health awareness and those kind of things needs to be part of what we're doing. We make sure that, you know, most of the larger construction companies make sure that they have someone trained in first day on their projects because it, it really makes a lot of sense. You know, we could have someone that we can stop an injury from being really bad if we just have someone that's trained in simple first aid, a day-long class, you know, and that's proven that saved people's lives. And we need to do the same thing for mental health. There's a mental health first aid organization out there. And I'll, I'll find the link and, and share that with, with you and we can put it in the notes or whatever. There's organizations like that out there and it, it's not cheap to go get that, but, you know, I think it's important that we start looking at those kind of things, especially, you know, we can't just throw this on safety and say, this is a safety deal because it's not, you know, it's everybody in the industry. It's, I know people that have taken their lives, you know, that have died by suicide that are from our industry. And it's awful to have to go to those funerals, you know, and to know that, Hey, this is someone that my friend, you know, that they're gone now. And I, I can't ever, you know, 
lost hope to the point where it feels like that this is the only way out to them. And that's, that's sad, you know, and that's, we see a lot of the things that happen in construction that really cause this too, you know, that we send people out on the road all the time with, you know, away from their support systems. And a lot of times, even the, the folks that are, are building our jobs, you know, the, the hands-on folks, you know, they might be out on the road for weeks at a time and maybe not even see their families, you know, especially those that we have that, that work up here from Mexico and, and different countries, you know, they may not see their families for months, you know, maybe even just twice a year. And getting away from those support systems, you know, you get bad mental health outcomes from those kind of things. The huge amount of stress that we put on everybody. You know, the amount of money that's involved in construction, people don't realize, I think, you know, that a, a project manager on a on a $50 million job is all of a sudden needs to be figuring out a way that he's going to invoice, you know, because that's going to take a year. You know, you need to be able to invoice like five, six million bucks a month. <laughs> and that's not easy to do. You know, you got to figure all that stuff out and it, it plays a role in it, you know, and, and, you know, the amount of money that's involved and the pressure and the schedules and and you know, I was a project manager for many years and and I lived part of my kids' life on the road, you know, away from them, had a had an apartment in another city from where my family lived, things like that. And it's not that's not unusual construction. And that's that gives us a lot of bad outcomes. But you know, we don't hear about people in law offices going into their law offices with nooses hanging up and things like that that we do in construction. We don't hear about people in hospitals that have to deal with this kind of sexual harassment that, that goes on on construction sites all the time. Just the, the anger and, and lack of camaraderie that happens all the time. So the culture has to change, I think, from the bottom up and, and all the way through the whole thing. You know, just are at a time when our history where the worker has a lot of power right now. And I think that we need to make sure that we're asserting that power to make things better for ourselves. It's no secret to those who work in the industry that we work 50, 60 hours every week. That's everybody from the people, even if you're getting paid for it, that's not good for you over long periods of time. It's, you know, really terrible. You know, the way that something that I, you know, I want, I wish more and more owners understood of capital projects understood every time that work is designed where someone has to get on their knees or work overhead, you know, directly overhead all day long. It's slowing the work down. It's costing you more money. It's ending careers early. It's causing physical pain to these people. If you had to work on your hands and knees every day, it's not how we're meant to work. It's going to cause problems for you later in life. You know, you don't know too many carpenters who don't get their knees replaced or hip, you know, one of the two, you know, so those kind of things. So we've got to figure out ways to make work more equitable so that, you know, construction starts to represent more of what our society looks like, you know, and, and that we start to look more like what our society looks like, you know, more people of color and, and more women for sure in our industry. And we've got to find ways to make it so they can do the work so that it's, it's doable for them. It doesn't have to be so hard that it kills people. You know, like we, we've kind of got this mentality that the work needs to be hard because we've sort of built it that way. And that's part of the sort of machismo culture that we have that we need to get rid of. I mean, what's some of the tactical things that can be done, like you said, from bottom up that you've seen that, you know, is working? The big things are, you know, I mean, as if, if you're working on a project site, you know, get to know your people and, and you know, talk to them, get to know their names and, and find out what's going on with them. You know, people are living lives outside of the job. You know, they have things going on. You know, if somebody's not acting in a way that's, you know, safe, 
I wonder if maybe there's something going on. I, I had a project where I was a project manager one time. We had a, a gentleman who was on the, the concrete forming crew, and he was one of their foremen. They had several. It was a big, fairly large job, but he had several incidents in a row, safety incidents in a row, and like couldn't figure out. But, you know, they kept the framing crew kept saying, you know, this is he's, he's very important to our, our operations. He, he knows too much. You know, and and we were very tempted to just send the guy down the road and say, don't come back. But, you know, we dug a little deeper, come to find out, you know, his wife was in the hospital with stage four cancer. And, you know, he needed to be able to work every day because he had to take care of his family. But he also needed some time to be with his kids and be with his wife. And he didn't need to be in a position where he could hurt himself or other people. We made sure that he got in that position, you know, and then had him doing some other things until you know, some things could, could stabilize for him. And, and that worked out, you know, but it was, that was sort of the thing that sort of changed my mind on thinking about things because before that I'd been pretty much, you know, just get rid of them, uh, send them down the road. That sort of changed my, my thinking on that. We've got to get down to what are the, the root causes of some of the things that are going on. And when we do that, in order to do that, we've got to, you know, get to know people and, and start to make them, you know, make sure that we understand that, they have a voice and that they understand they have a voice and what's going on on the project. And obviously, you know, for someone that's working, it may be hard to express some of the things that they need to say. Do you have any tips for people that, you know, are worried about losing their jobs by speaking up? Yeah, just your life is more important than your job, you know, and, and that includes your mental health and I'm not advocating for anybody to quit their job because I know how important it is, how tough things are right now. You know, prices are uh, certainly not any cheaper than they were last year, for sure. But, you know, you do have some power. And sometimes you'd be surprised, you know, if you approach things in the right way without anger, that maybe things can change. You know, sometimes people just don't know. They haven't considered it. They can't see it from your position until you show them. But, you know, you're not going to show somebody by yelling at them or belittling them or trying to start a fight with them or it's not going to be a great way for them to, you know, no one's going to want to learn like that. So, you know, you have to sort of understand, that, you know, but if something doesn't feel right, you need to speak up and say something. And I think that, you know, even more and more, you know, that's being accepted and acceptable. If you've got a great idea, definitely speak up and share it with everybody. But, you know, don't be afraid to share that you're going through a hard time, you know, and hey, we all do. You know, it's I think if the last few years have taught us anything, it's that, you know, nobody's not susceptible to the the stress that we all live under all the time. You know, and it's I think we we could, you know, because of those things and all that we've gone through and we don't need to forget those lessons, you know, in the hurry that we are to finish all these projects. But, and I, I think that, you know, one of the big things that needs to happen is that contractors need to stop saying yes to these silly schedule requests by owners that don't understand what even goes into building these buildings. I, we understand that you need to fund these and that the money is, is what it is, but it also, it takes a certain amount of time. I, what was it, 2021, when it was nine, 10 months to get roofing materials sometimes for projects? I'm sure that was a fun, fun time for y'all. We didn't experience the same uh, issues because of our ingredient set. But um, yeah, we had our own challenges on certain type of things. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Anything that needed a chip for a while, right? I mean, if you had any kind of uh, yeah, needed computer chip for anything or you know, any of those kind of things, it was hard to hard to get. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Now, so that's, uh, you know, there's the the owners or the leaderships or the people accepting the jobs. There's the environment and speaking up. Now, looking at it from, you know, you, you went through, you know, different project manager roles and stuff like that. I mean, let's say, you know, you're not on the edge of something very bad, but you're stressed. What sort of management things have you figured out to, to help the stress? So for me, I, I meditate every day and meditation is just, you know, or mindfulness, whatever you want to call it. It's for me, it's something that's required just because of all the the different traumas that I've had in my life that have, you know, some of it has to do with construction and some of it has nothing to do with construction, you know, and all of us go through that's, you know, we all find our ways to to do that. But, you know, meditation is one. Music is another great one. Finding an avenue where you can be creative is really, really critical. You know, so many construction guys are so creative. I've seen them build grills and and different kind of things, you know, just out of out of trash that you have on a job site, you know, and and uh, so creative. And I've seen guys that just could like they'd take little pieces of wire, just make little figurines out, you know, just all kinds of just different creative things that people do. And it's really, really critical to sort of to sort of embrace that side of yourself. What do you do for your creative side? Thoughts? Wow. I mean, I was trying to draw a little, but I, I see what you mean about the creativity because it you know, uses a different part of the brain, right? And I like to think and strategize and plan and stuff like that. And it kind of gives your that part of the brain a break when you're doing something creative. Oh yeah. It's just, it's so critical for, you know, making your brain feel refreshed and feel better. Yeah, I write poetry. Ooh. Nice. How long have you been doing that? For a long time, but I I quit for a long time too. So I I don't, you know, not for any specific reason. I just, I don't know, didn't have anything to say for a while. Yeah, I've got to, I keep all of my writing together in one one place on on my blog, my personal blog. So I, even my writing from work is there. So I don't care. It's all, it's all me. It's all my, all my stuff. So I've got something actually I'd, I'd like to share with you that I'm working on. It's not not quite ready to go yet. It is a little spicy in the language. Is that all right? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I just, sure. That I'm working on right now. That, oh, yeah, that, yeah, again, okay. the, the language right. is a little spicy at times. So. All right. Give it to me. Uh, all right. Because of this has started meaning so much to me, uh, most of my poetry hasn't been about work. I do have a couple of stories that I've written about some stuff that I did at work. One was about when I was 18 and uh, working on a dynamite crew. And there's a story on my blog about that. It's called Lucky Hates Trucks. But uh, this poem is called Traveling Superintendent, something that I've been uh, thinking about lately because of the mental health issues in construction and just to kind of uh, highlight some of that. So it's not quite done, but it is uh, getting close. So I'll, I'll go ahead and share it with you now. And it probably the, the final version will be a little bit different than this. But uh, so it's called Traveling Superintendent. In the construction realm, I'm a force to be reckoned with, a master of my craft in this life I've been beckoned with. Don't use schedule, just tell me the real done date. I will herd these cats using coffee, anger, dip, and hate. Pulling into town, I'm a real bad motherfucker. One-ton truck, fifth wheel, and my Malinois pucker. Screaming and yelling and cussing apoplectically, slipping into the skin of an asshole unapologetically. No head shed to bind me or to restrict me with rules. To get shit done right, just clamp down on them jewels. Screw them before they fuck you in this cutthroat busy. My motto, get yours first before he can go get hizzy. 
using the contract against them each time it suits, killing local businesses, cutting them off at the roots. I'm not even kidding, and I ain't putting up a front. Two to three of these subcontractors going to go bankrupt. They say it's a lonely life. They say it's lonely living a life on the road. I have to admit that after a while, it sure tends to get old. Burring from site to site, year to year, and city to city. Hard to remember, unable to forget. More is the pity. They pay me a lot, and at times it almost feels worth it. Three wives, two kids, five, no, six lives held forfeit. I'm a coward living my life with false whiskey bravado, so it wouldn't take much to make this straw house topple. Lives have been savage, not the least of which my own. Hate lies and pain, just a few of the seeds I've sown. It would be far easier if I could forget how to feel, but instead here I sit, finger itching, sucking cold steel. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Oh, we never had a poem on the show. <laughs> yeah, I actually read a poem at uh, LCI Congress last year, too. So I, I do share, I share my poems a little bit. So That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Again, it's uh, it's still a work in progress, but uh, it'll it'll eventually end up on my blog. So, Brian, is there anything that I did not ask you, but you want to share? No, just you know, I, I think that it's just so important that we prioritize our well being, our physical well being, our mental well being, and you know, even our relationships and all of those things that really make us make us healthy, happy, and 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 good, productive folks uh, in our industry. So. Yeah, thank you for letting me come on and 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 talk about this. I, I'm uh, this is something I'm very very passionate about. We've got to do something. You know, we found ways in the veteran community to sort of combat veteran suicide, and you know maybe help help make a little dent there. But you know we've got a lot to work a lot of work to do in construction. We really need to. I don't think enough people are talking about it. We really need to to bring it to the forefront. Well, Brian, thank you so much for uh, what you do. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Specified Growth Podcast today. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash Tats Talks for video of today's podcast. Hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.